It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my final thoughts ahead of tomorrow's Game Week 24 deadline. As always, I'm going to go through the latest press conference information, answer some of your questions, and end by talking about my own team as well. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, and let's get into it. All right, let's start off with the Liverpool press conference, which was quite interesting. Jurgen Klopp confirmed there's a bit of flu going around the Liverpool squad at the moment. Unfortunately, he didn't confirm which players may have been affected, whether that's going to have you know, an effect on the Liverpool lineup against Burnley in game week 24. So we might not get any confirmed information about that before this week's deadline. There might be training pictures that come out later on social media and stuff like that. We can keep an eye on those. I would say for most people, I wouldn't let that massively change my plans. If you weren't sure about bringing in Jota or Diaz or Van Dijk or Darwin, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference to your team this week. You could just put that decision off until next week. But for now, I'm probably still going to go ahead with whatever transfers I eventually end up deciding on, which I'll talk about later on. Maybe the more interesting news was about Salah. So someone asked him, um, you know, when he might be back, how things are going. He said, we hope he can be part of parts of training next week. So we have to see he's going through all the paces. Now, there's a few tweets going around saying that Salah could be back in team training next week which is true, I guess, based on what Klopp said. But I think the key part is part of parts of training, right? Not back in full team training necessarily. He also went on to say it's positive. It's either next week or the week after. If you ask him, it's next week. So Salah, as most players would be, is keen to get back, judging by what Klopp has said. But it doesn't even sound... Basically, the long and the short of it is it doesn't sound like 100% guarantee... It's going to be next week. It could be the week after. And also, it doesn't necessarily sound like it's going to be full team training either. So my main takeaway from that would be, if you've got Salah, I think he's sellable because there's no guarantee he'll even be training next week, let alone available for both games in 25. I think at this stage, the most you're probably going to get is, I don't know, maybe a start against Luton, but I'm not even uh, sure I'd be that confident about that. Maybe minutes off the bench against Luton. That's not good enough for a player that costs so much. 
and is definitely going to blank in game week 26 as well. There's lots of other Liverpool or even Man City players that you could be looking at instead. So I think if you've got Salah, he's a sell at the moment. Because after that blank in 26, as I've discussed a few times, it's Forest away in 27, which is good. But then it's Man City in 28 and a probable blank in 29 anyway. Um, and also, if Salah's not available, that means the minutes of Jota, Diaz and Darwin Nunez are going to be pretty good. Does that mean they are guaranteed to start all three of the next three games? Of course not. But it does make it much more likely. The only other player that would really come in is obviously Gakpo might play one of them. Uh, and they could play someone like Harvey Elliott or a different player on the right instead and rest one of those other main three. Um, but I think there's a good check. Well, it's almost, I almost don't want to say this right because it could backfire. But I think it's a definite that they start two of the next three. And I think one or two of Diaz, Jota and Nunez is probably going to start all three as well. So I think it's good for all of them. Um, I think obviously Darwin's the only forward out of the lot, right? So if you need a forward, he's the one. Out of the midfielders, I do think Jota is better than Diaz. But I am coming around to the idea that if it makes it easier to manage the next few weeks, or you just simply don't have the cash, Diaz is a pretty good option for Burnley at home and the double game if you can't get to Jota, right? Everyone's team different, yada, yada, yada. Um, but that is something that I am considering. So doesn't sound good for Salah. I don't know, I don't know if he's going to be back for the Carabao Cup final or anything like that. But if I had him, I'd probably sell him. And this would make me think more positively about the other attackers' minutes. All right, let's move on to Newcastle. Eddie Howe spoke about some of the injuries that they've got. Now, Anthony Gordon, who's been quite popular in FPL this season, he said, Anthony hasn't trained this week, but we don't think the injury is serious. We hope he is back sooner rather than later. Now, I think in FPL, because I've actually got him in my squad at the moment, although I'm probably going to sell him this week or next week. Yeah, he's not red flagged. He's orange flagged. So Eddie Howe didn't completely rule him out, but it seems very, very, very unlikely that he's going to play against Nottingham Forest um, in game week 24 so if that affects your plans you need to start thinking about that in terms of you know long term could you just bench him this week and hold him for future weeks you definitely could but I would think about which other midfielder could potentially slot in there instead because lots of people at the moment have got players they don't really want to sell um, and for my team the reason that I'm so keen to sell Gordon is because I've got four other players that I want to hold on to so even if he was back for Bournemouth at home it might not matter especially if you're changing Gordon to like Diaz or Jota or maybe a Foden or De Bruyne or someone like that because they would have a double game week and then Newcastle have got Arsenal away anyway it's Wolves at home in 27 in 28 it is Chelsea away and then a probable blank in game week 29 anyway right if, if Newcastle go through in the FA Cup so Gordon's been great really good value I'm sure he's going to make it back into our teams at some point this season but for most people if it makes your life easier to sell him you can probably do that uh, just on Isaac, I'm sure at this point most people have got rid of him. Uh, but he said, Isaac won't make this game. We hope uh, he won't be too far away. We don't have a fixed date yet. He is making good progress. If you've got Isaac, just sell him, right? There's only three forward slots. Most of us are struggling in terms of which one to sell to get another one that we want, knowing that we're going to have to reverse that move. There's Darwin, Watkins, Solanke, Harlan, Tony, just to name a few. Isaac should not be in your thoughts at the moment. If you've got him, get rid of him. I'd even do it for a hit. In some cases, if you haven't got a good bench. All right, let's quickly talk about Wolves team news because I know that some of you are looking at their attackers as enablers. So Cunha is a forward, Neto is a midfielder, and obviously Huang is now out of the Asian Cup because South Korea lost to Jordan. This is what Gary O'Neill said. Um, Huang and Bubakar Traore are both fit and available to start. Huang gives us a great option whether he starts tomorrow or from the bench. Now, if you're looking at going for him, 
it's probably a medium to longish term option anyway, right? Sheffield United at home in 26, Newcastle away uh, in 27. I think in game week 28, if I just double check, yeah, they got Fulham at home. So some good fixtures to come. But unless you're really desperate for a new midfield enabler, I'm not sure I would go for him this week, especially if you got to play him. Because for me, it just feels like one of those where he's almost certainly going to be on the bench. They did really well in the last game anyway. Is there a need to rush him back into that team? I think from 25 onwards, he'll probably be fine again. But I'm not sure I would go there this week. But either way, he is fit. He is available to start. It might happen. And just a couple of other bits of injury news. Obviously, Saka went off slightly early in the game against Liverpool last week. Arteta said he's been recovering this week and looks okay. So he should be fine. I wouldn't have any concerns about him going into game week 24. And I think Arsenal, although we don't know for sure whether they'll play in 29, it's probably more likely that they won't. I wouldn't make that decision about selling Arsenal players until you absolutely have to because the next four fixtures, although three are away from home, I think it's pretty good on paper. West Ham away, Burnley away, Newcastle at home and Sheffield United away. So Saka should be fine. I probably wouldn't sell him or at least most people probably shouldn't sell him. Uh, João Pedro, I don't think we knew about this one before today, uh, but it was confirmed that he's picked up a hamstring injury in training and will miss tomorrow's game 100%. We don't know how many weeks yet. He is a sell, right? If they don't know how long it's going to be, you'd have to think it's probably going to be at least two weeks, maybe three. And yes, Brighton's upcoming fixtures are pretty good, but a common theme over the last week or so and in this video is how precious those forward slots are. Again, you've got Haaland, Watkins, Darwin, Tony, uh, Solanke, etc. There's not really any room for João Pedro, I would say, especially if Salah's going to be out and there's money to go around. So, yeah, I think if you haven't got a good bench option, you can play instead. João Pedro uh, has got to go. And finally, uh, Aston Villa. So Cons is going to be out for three to four weeks. I think that was said a few days ago. Um, Unai Emery also confirmed that both Luca Dean and Pau Torres will be in contention for selection on uh, Sunday. So Pau Torres was pretty nailed before his injury. Not someone that you have to rush out and buy this week. It's Man United at home. Uh, which I think Villa will probably concede in. They can definitely win that game, but I don't think there's a clean sheet there. But afterwards, the fixtures are pretty good. They cover you in 26 with Forrest at home. They play in 29 as well. I would definitely be looking at a Villa defender. And if Pau Torres can show his fitness over the next couple of games, he probably is the one to buy considering that Condor is injured. If you've got Moreno, I wouldn't panic about it. But Luca Dean has played well this season and there probably will be a bit of rotation there. So I was previously looking at maybe getting Moreno at some point. But if he and Luca Dean are both fit, there's just no point, right? Because I don't want that worry. I don't want that worry about potential rotation. And also, when you're thinking about covering blank game weeks, yes, of course, you want the most points. You want to go for the more attacking players. But you all also want that security over a start, right? If I'm putting an Aston Villa defender in because I want them to play in 26 when I got no bench, I want them to play in 29 when I got no bench, I want someone that I know is going to start. And if Power Torres is fit, he's probably the one that I would look at. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
All right, let's get into some of your questions. And I thought this was a good one to start with, especially after yesterday's nearly 43 minute long video about blanks, doubles, uh, and chip strategy. So have you got any advice for confusion? There's a lot of information to take in at the moment. And my general advice would be, play what's right in front of you, okay? If you're really engaged with the game and you wanna think about you know, game weeks far into the future, when you're gonna use chips, that's great, right? It's good to know there's gonna be some doubles in 34 and those teams are gonna be different to those that double in 37, etc. But We don't know which teams they will be. We don't even yet know which games are definitely off in game week 29, right? And that's only five game weeks away. So just play what's right in front of you. What do we have? A double for Luton, Liverpool, Man City and Brentford. And we know that four teams are going to blank in 26. Uh, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool and Luton. Just play those two game weeks and try not to worry too much about the rest if it's getting too confusing. If you just don't want to engage that much, that's perfectly fine. You don't have to do that. And by the way, by game week 27, so after the double in 25 and the blank in 26, we will know those fixtures for 29 and that will make planning even easier. So if you can leave your options open and not sell too many players from Villa, Spurs, etc., they're going to play in 29, great. But the key thing to focus on right now is getting that balance between 25 and 26 in terms of how many doublers you get in and how many players you're going to have in 26. So you only really need to be looking at the next three game weeks and especially for those of you that have got a wild card left still, your second wild card, if you get through 24, 25, and 26 and suddenly everything looks really bad, you can pop that wild card in 27, knowing the fixtures in 29 as well. So, yes, there is a lot of information. We've had the Liverpool and Luton double announced last week. Obviously, Bournemouth versus um, Luton as well announced recently. But the stuff further away than that, just try not to worry about it too much at the moment. All right, next question. Are we focusing too much on the doubles in game week 25 and ignoring the game weeks after? Why go all in on game week 25 if it forces you to play with less than 11 players or having to take hits in game week 26? Great question. Not sure I can give it a great answer because I'm struggling with this for my own team, as you'll see later on. But I try and do my best to talk through how I'm currently thinking about this. Like I said for the previous question, it's about finding that balance in terms of attacking the double whilst also not severely compromising your team after game week 25 and maybe also whilst keeping your options open in terms of what you might do with chips and stuff later on i guess to try and put it as simply as possible if you're making a move for 24 or 25 that's going to cause you a hit in 26 do you think that move is likely to net you more than four points because if you do i would rather attack that double hopefully make more than four points to then be able to take that hit later on there's maybe a bit more to it than that but to try and keep it as simple as possible that is what i would look at so two examples from my own team i'm thinking about doing Solanke to darwin nunez now i know with 100 percent certainty especially with that double in 28 for bournemouth if i make that move you know what i'm doing in game week 26 i'm doing Solanke to darwin nunez probably for a hit so Solanke in 24 and 25 has got Fulham away and Newcastle away. And Darwin Nunez, if he plays all three games, and obviously whenever you're making, or whenever you're thinking about a transfer, you should consider whether they'll actually start what the minutes will be. But let's say Darwin starts all three of the next three, and I'm willing to take that risk. It's Burnley at home, Brentford away, Luton at home. Do I think that Darwin can outscore Solanke by four points? I definitely think it's possible. It is not a guarantee, but I think with the fixture difference, there is a good chance. So for me, I would rather attack that double in 25, 
because we don't get many double game weeks over the season, especially for the top clubs like Liverpool, one of the best attacks in the league, and then get Solanke back. And if Nunez starts just two out of the three and he blanks in one and he only gets one goal in the other and it's six points and Solanke smashes it over the next two fixtures, so be it. I would rather be more involved with that double in terms of the players I have than just to ignore it entirely. There's plenty of other managers out there that are going to go to Liverpool, to City, and they'll have a really easy time managing 26, 27, 28. That's just not how I want to play the game. And I know some people will call me like a template manager, a boring manager, but when it comes to double game weeks, I like to be as all in as possible. So if it's a choice between Solanke for Fulham away and Newcastle away, or a four point hit down the line to get Darwin Nunez in, then I'm going to take the risk on Nunez. Obviously, if it's going to cost you a four point hit to get him in, and a four-point hit to get him out because you don't have the free transfers, it's a different conversation entirely. Then you have to think, can Nunez outscore Solanke by eight points? And maybe you do, maybe you don't. Just think about those kind of things as well. Um, and I guess to give a counterexample, I'm also thinking about doing Pedro Porro to Kyle Walker. Now, in 24 and 25, again, Walker has an extra fixture, but there's always that slight doubt in my mind about whether he'll actually play it. And if he doesn't, obviously him and Poro, Poro's much more attacking. Walker also has a game in 26. So it wouldn't it wouldn't cause me a minus four that week because I'd have Walker to play as long as he starts. But by taking Poro out, I'm taking a player out that definitely plays in 29. And as it stands, I don't want a free hit that week. Again, I might change my mind on that. But right now, that's how I'm feeling. So it might not cause an extra transfer in 26. And I'll gain an extra fixture in 25 because man city double but down the line it will cost me a transfer because i'll probably want to get poro back in so i'm much less sure about that one because walker look i think he is pretty nailed it maybe it was just a blip that one game that he missed um, but he's not that attacking whereas darwin nunez with his underlying numbers in the fixtures that liverpool have got that is much more appealing to me so you'll have to weigh up each move individually right without specific moves and i know i can't go through everyone's thoughts on their own team it's hard to say for sure but the reasons that i want to go all in as much as possible is because it's liverpool and man city i know that luton and brentford have got doubles as well but the fixtures aren't quite as good and obviously liverpool and man city are top three team two of the top three teams in the league and also we don't get many double game weeks we've had one already which was i think the luton one i don't think we've had any others you got this one in 25 the bournemouth luton one in 28 There'll be some in 34, which might not be that inspiring. And then lots in 37. There might be the odd one here or there. But that is it, right? And these are the weeks where you make up the points. So that is why I personally want to go all in. It doesn't mean you have to. I might compromise by allowing myself to have three Liverpool. I might only have two City just to make that transition for 26, 27, 28 easy. You've got to find the balance for your own team. And also, obviously, weigh up whether or not you think those moves will net you more points than what the hits will cost later okay so who's the better pick ivan tony or darwin nunez now based on my answer to the last question you probably know where i'm going to go with this but i give you my thoughts anyway if you're someone that has used their free hit already and or your second wild card maybe there is a case to be made that tony is the better pick because although the double for brentford in 25 is not great they do have that extra fixture albeit the extra fixture is man city away there's Wolves away this week, which is not awful. In 26, they definitely play, so there's no blank like there is for Liverpool. They've got West Ham away. Then it's Chelsea at home, Arsenal away after that. And they've got a guaranteed fixture in 29. So the chips you've used already, 
do come into the conversation a bit because you've got less ways to deal with any issues later on. Those of us that have our wildcard, have our free hit available, we don't need to worry about Tony quite so much. We can maybe make a few other punts and stuff like that. So in that specific scenario, maybe you go for Tony. But outside of that, and even in that scenario, I think it's got to be Darwin just because of the better fixtures. Now, Tony, to be fair, absolutely nailed on to start every game that he's fit for always plays 90 minutes guaranteed to be on uh, guaranteed to be on penalties as well there's a lot to like about him but i just look at the fixtures wolves away liverpool at home and man city away compared to burnley at home brentford away and luton at home there's just no comparison there for me and also the thing about tony i don't think there's for most people there's not really a need to get him until game week 29 itself because of the fixtures that other players have before that and the fact we've only got three spots in our forward line right so you might not be on this right now but very soon Harlan Watkins and Solanke is going to be the template front three if it's not already because Harlan is obviously Harlan right so that's one of your spots taken up most people if they own Watkins already don't want to sell him if they do they want him back in 26 because it's Forrest at home looting away he also definitely plays in 29 so after the double in 25, I think Watkins is better than Tony anyway. Um, and Solanke's obviously got the double in 28, right? And, and look, maybe he'll end up playing in 29. We don't know yet. We'll find out before game week 27. But before that double in 28, he's also got Burnley away in, in 27. So although Solanke's got to play Man City, you're going to want him for double game week 28. You're not going to want to get rid of Haaland much before that. So then you've got one other slot. And apart from that extra fixture in 25, I just don't think Tony is better than Watkins. So there's just no, in my opinion, no room for Tony. And if you're going for someone for the double, that you're then going to sell back to Solanke or Watkins, surely you take the punt on the better fixtures with Darwin. If you're someone that just thinks Darwin is awful, you want to take the guaranteed minutes and the penalties, then go for Tony, right? I mean, Darwin could be on penalties still. Maybe Klopp will give him another chance. We don't know. But Tony is guaranteed. So I think it's fine if you want to go for him. But looking at those fixtures, there's just no way I could do it. And because we've only got three forward slots, I just think Tony will be super popular for 29, but most people will buy him in 29 itself. So should we be thinking about selling Cole Palmer regardless of hits, doubles, and blanks? Now, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting the last part of that question correctly, but if you're ignoring doubles and blanks, you should probably be keeping hold of Palmer, right? You've got essentially a nailed-on penalty-taking midfielder that costs less than 6 million with good underlying stats. That's exactly what you want for FPL. If you do start thinking about all the doubles and blanks that are coming up, I think Palmer is less valuable than he was before that Villa versus Chelsea FA Cup fourth round replay because with Chelsea going through, there's now a higher chance they will blank in 29. And with the blank in 26, there are certain teams that could maybe benefit from selling Cole Palmer because if we look at Chelsea's fixtures, Palace away this week, fine, right? Most people are going to play him. Some people might have such a good attack they're benching him, fine, but it's a good fixture, okay? 25, lots of us are going to bench him. Man City away, very tough. Of course, he could return in that game. He did in the reverse fixture, but on paper, that's a hard fixture. You've got a blank. You've got Brentford away, Newcastle at home, which are probably okay, and then Arsenal away, which is probably going to be off, although if Leeds beat Chelsea in the FA Cup fifth round, both Chelsea and Arsenal will play in 29. And because of that, I think where possible, I would try and keep hold of Palmer as long as you can to make a fully informed decision. So if you can hold him through that blank in 26, 
you will know by 27 whether Chelsea are playing in 29 or not. And then you can kind of think about what to do with him then. Because I think for Palace away, he's fine. In 25, if you're loading up on double game week players anyway, you've probably got a good chance of being able to bench him. Then it's just one more week to carry him through, which is game week 26. But if you've got a squad and you're looking at it, like, I don't know, let's say you've got a very similar team to me. I'm trying to think, I'm probably going to not come up with a good example here, right? But let's say you've already got Jota instead of Gordon. Um, and you've got the money for Kevin De Bruyne, right? Extreme example, but let's say you have. You you wouldn't want to sell Saka, Foden, Jota, or Richarlison, I don't think. So maybe Palmer is the full guy in that specific situation where it might make sense to sell him this week. And I think, as with everything right now, there's going to be someone out there, if they sent me their team, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely sell Cole Palmer. But if you can, even with the doubles and blanks, I'd try and keep him until 27 just to make that informed decision. Like, for me, it's a bit different as well because I got him at 4.9 million. So if he's going to play in 29... If Leeds can do me a favour and beat Chelsea in the FA Cup, that is great for me. And after um, 29, just looking even further ahead, like Chelsea have got Burnley at home in 30. They've got Sheffield United away in 32. I mean, even Man United at home in 31 is not awful. 33 is Everton at home. Brighton away in 34, although depending on FA Cup results, that could be um, a blank. But if it is, because Chelsea have got through, the Arsenal game would come there anyway. So what I'm trying to say is, Arsenal's fixtures from 30 to the end of the season are pretty good. And if you've got that nailed on midfielder under 6 million penalty take a good stats. And for some of us, we've got them at 4.95 million. That's a great way to be able to enable the rest of the team. So the summary would be try and keep Palmer as long as possible. If you can, if you need to sell him, fair enough, you can always buy him back. He's still going to be a really good value option. But if you can hold on to him, I probably would. So is Joe Gomez a good option from Liverpool? I think the short answer is I don't really think so. He isn't someone that I would be looking to buy. It's worth mentioning that there are some rumours going around on social media that he's one of the players that has potentially been suffering from flu in that Liverpool squad. I can't confirm that or I don't want to scaremonger or, you know, share fake news or anything like that. But it is coming from some quite um, big accounts, right? So maybe he is. Whether or not he's available for game week 24, we don't know. Liverpool are playing at 3 o'clock on Saturday. So we might get some information. Not saying we'll get the team leaked or anything like that. But it might come out which players um, are at doubt of you know being involved in the squad. But just generally, I would not be looking at him either way, right? Because I just don't think his minutes are secure enough. Obviously, he's very versatile to Klopp. He's been playing left back in Robertson and Simakas' absence. He can play centre back as well. And let's not forget that Canate is suspended for the Burnley game and he can play right back. But Trent is building up his fitness. He is clearly first choice right back. Robertson's had a lot of appearances off the bench. It is surely almost time for him to get a start as well. And even if Gomez played centre back in 24, Canate will presumably come back in. You've got Kwanzaa there as well. So you're really hoping, what, that, I don't know, Gomez plays centre-back instead of Canate, then plays left-back instead of Robertson in one of the games in the double. Like, I get that he's cheap, right? But this is one of those players where I don't think it's worth that extra transfer down the line, knowing that Liverpool were blank in 26. If Liverpool weren't blanking, or they were the only team that were blanking, and therefore you had a bench that you could play instead, maybe you would take that risk. But the fact there's four teams blanking, and lots of us have got, like, Palmer, Spurs players, we want Liverpool players, it's just too much to manage, and there's just not enough upside for Joe Gomez. So I would not be looking at him, despite how cheap he is. And I'd actually go as far as to say, 
Let me just check exactly how much he is. He's obviously around, I think he's around 4.5 million. He is 4.6. I would just, and obviously this depends on how many players you've got from Liverpool and Man City. I get that. I'd rather go for Vardiol. For 0.2 million more, you've got a player that longer term is more likely to continue playing. And he's got a fixture in 26. And I think with Liverpool, there's a clear defender choice to go for in Trent or Van Dijk. In attack, you've got Darwin and Jota and Diaz. They're just, for me, there's a clearer. The, the triple up on Liverpool for me is just much better than the triple up on Man City. Okay, if you've got Haaland, Foden, De Bruyne, great, right? That looks like a nice pun. But if you can only afford like Haaland and Foden, you don't have the money for De Bruyne, like the position I'm in, then you're going for someone like Walker or maybe Vardio or a punt on what? Who? Bernardo Silva, Alvarez, Doku, someone like that. It could work. But I just think the triple up on Liverpool is almost more important and more obvious which targets to look at. So if it's between Vardy, I probably haven't explained that very well, right? But hopefully that comes across what the point I'm trying to make. Whereas with Man City, I think you can maybe get away with a Vardy as your third option and just take him as a punt. I'd certainly rather have him than Joe Gomez if you had the space um, in your squad. So what's my advice for Esri Konza owners? He plays in game week 29. So we now know that the West Ham versus Villa game is definitely on that week but I probably need him to cover game weeks 26 and 27 as well. Now, if you do need him to cover those weeks, I think Konza is sellable, basically, because in the meantime, while he's injured, you can bring someone else in that's going to get you more points in the double game week and or is going to cover you for those game weeks you need someone for when a lot of your squad is unavailable. And that is just better than having him in your squad, right? It'd be completely different if there was no blanks in 26, and you didn't need him right up until 29, because if he's back then and he's fully fit, we know he's nailed in that Aston Villa defence, but you need him for more than that. So in my opinion, he is more than sellable, especially if it helps you out over the next couple of game weeks. If you look at him in FPL, he's currently red flag with a knee injury, expected back the 2nd of March, which would be game week 27. Uh, but of course... Like until we get closer to them, we don't know what the status of him is in terms of training and stuff like that. It might be that he's only just back training before that game, in which case, would they risk him? Possibly not, right? It might be the game afterwards uh, against Spurs at home. So I'm definitely of the opinion that when he is fully fit, he'll be straight back into that back four. When will that be? It's unlikely to be 26. And then you're just hoping that he's back for 27. The problem is 26 is more important because that's the week where the blank game weeks are. If he wasn't available for 27, it might not be the end of the world because you've got three other defenders you can play instead. For most people, that's not the case in 26. So even if you're going to sell him, then have to buy a Villa defender back, I think I would do that, right? Because you could just go and buy someone like Paul Torres, who's now going to be back with the Aston Villa squad. Um, Yeah, he's back with the Aston Villa squad, right? I'm not sure what else I was going to say then. So yeah, if you're in a really luxury position where you can just wait until 29, fair enough, keep hold of him. Um, if not, I'd probably think about selling. So I'm just going to end by quickly talking about my own team, where I'm at in terms of my thoughts around transfers for game week 24. I've got two free transfers, but I only have one Liverpool player, which is Trent, and two Man City players, which are Foden and Haaland. So I need to add more for that double next week. I'll be straight with you. This is just going to be a massive ramble about different moves that I could make without ever coming to a conclusion about which one I'm definitely going to do. I will probably make my moves tonight, depending on price changes. Ideally, I will wait till tomorrow because Man City is the first game. 
and there is a chance that we'll get a leak for some of those players. So as it stands, I've got Dubravka in goal against Forest away on the bench, Ariola. Back three of Trent against Burnley at home, Gabriel against West Ham away, Porro against Brighton at home. Midfield is Richarlison against Brighton at home, Foden against Everton at home, not benching him this week. Uh, Palmer against Palace away and Saka against West Ham away. And the front three, the very template front three, Haaland captain against Everton at home, that will definitely stick. Watkins against Man United at home and Solanke against Fulham away. The rest of the bench is Gordon, currently flagged, probably not going to play this week. Saliba against West Ham away and Charlie Taylor, who company, since I did the team selection video, has said he's quite positive about. And I don't know if that means he's going to be back for 24. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter for me. But that does mean there's more of a chance that he's back for 26 when Burnley have got Crystal Palace away. So he could cover that blank. And in 29, they've got Brentford at home, which I don't expect a clean sheet from. But if he's going to play, that's just one extra body. I don't have to worry about kind of free hitting out. So Charlie Taylor, those one-pointers could be massive in terms of my decisions. Now, the moves that... I think strike the best balance in terms of attacking the Liverpool double whilst not causing too many issues for 26 is Watkins to Darwin, which I don't really want to sell Watkins over Solanke, but it just makes the moves easier. And then Gordon to Jota. So I've got two free transfers. Those two moves would get me triple Liverpool and I'd have Foden and Haaland. And then potentially in game week 25, unless I get you know, thoughts around bringing in a Luton player or a third man City. If there's no injuries, I could potentially just roll the transfer because going into 25, I'd have five double game week players, three from Liverpool, two from City. That might be enough. And then in game week 26, I can bench Richarlison, Porro and Palmer. Again, Palmer probably won't play in 29, but because I've got so much value tied up in him, I'm not in a rush to get rid of him. And Richarlison and Parra have got good fixtures in 27 and 28, and they definitely play in 29. So that'd be the three players that I would bench. And then, because Man City have got a fixture in 26, I would only have to deal with the Liverpool players. So if I do Watkins to Darwin and Gordon to Jota, I can roll in 25, theoretically anyway. Then in 26, I take a minus four, and I just sell all three of my Liverpool players. I get Watkins back. I'll probably get an Aston Villa defender, right? Probably Paul Torres at this point. Uh, and then a midfielder. And that could be Bruno Fernandes with good fixtures. It could be uh, Huang from Wolves or Neto from Wolves. who have got Sheffield United at home. Or it could just be someone that definitely plays in 29, like Bowen, Kudus, or even Douglas Luiz, right? He's not completely out of the question for my team. So I quite like that, apart from the fact I have to sell Watkins to make it that simple. Now, if I sold Solanke instead, he would be the one that would come back in 26. So whichever forward I sell definitely comes back. It's about deciding how much damage I think Watkins can do against Man United at home and Fulham away. And the problem is, I think there's a chance he does very well, right? There's, there's a scenario where even if he just scores one goal, two or three bonus points in both of those games, you're suddenly looking at 15 to 18 points. And that is more than... More, more than viable, right, for someone like Watkins. It could be less, of course, but it could also be more than that. So I don't really want to let him go. The problem is I don't have the money to get Jota if I sell uh, Solanke instead. And it would potentially lead me into taking hits as well. So I do have the money to go from 
Solanke straight to Darwin, but I don't have the money to also go from Gordon to Jota, and I don't have the money to go from Gordon to Diaz either. Now I could, right? Bear with me here. Do Gordon to Diaz, and I would only need to make up 0.1 million, and I could do Poro to Carl Walker, who's 5.5. The only issue with that is I'm getting Diaz instead of Jota, which I don't think is a massive concern of mine. If I had to have Diaz, that's fine. But I'm having to sell Poro, who definitely plays in 29. I could sell an Arsenal defender instead, but the problem is they play in 26, right? So I don't want to get rid of them. So I'm getting rid of a player that definitely plays in 29. Um, and I'm getting Kyle Walker, who later on would be another transfer route, probably back to Poro. And so by not selling Watkins, I'm getting rid of Solanke and Poro. And I've got to bring them both back. So I've got to sell two players that I know I'm probably going to want to bring back in. Whereas with Watkins, I only have to bring one back in. So it reduces the amount of transfers I have to make. But that is something I could do. Get Carl Walker instead. Then I'd have Triple City, Triple Liverpool. And I think I'd have close to the best six, right? Obviously, De Bruyne is great. And if Alvarez keeps playing, he's good too. But I think on balance, Trent Walker... Diaz, Foden, Harlan, Darwin is pretty good. I mean, if you could get Jota instead of Diaz, happy days, right? So that's something I'm considering. I just, I don't like having to sell Poro for Walker. The other issue is, um, as you can see, I've got zero in the bank when I've made those moves. So any price change, and I cannot do that. Now I could just do all three moves this week, but then I'm taking a minus four to remove Poro to get Carl Walker. I just don't like that. I could just do Solanke to Darwin. But the chances are that one of, if not both, of Walker and Diaz will go up early. Either they'll go up tonight or they'll go up early next week. And I just won't want to make those early moves. So I'm not sure about that. The other thing I could do is just do Solanke to Darwin this week and roll that second transfer. Get another update about Salah and just see if he's any closer to being back. And maybe that will change my mind about Diaz and Jota anyway. Maybe I just go with two Liverpool players. And the backup would be if I get priced out, to go for Vardiol instead of Kyle Walker. I, I don't know. If if someone says to me, what's your, what's your gut feeling? Like, what is your gut telling you? It's telling me to sell Watkins and just hope I don't get too badly punished. I just wish Slanky had slightly better fixtures. Two away games and then Man City at home in 26. But I guess the Man City game doesn't really matter because I'm going to bring him back in anyway because of that double in 28 so i think that's my two most likely routes i mean there are plenty of other options right again i could just go for two liverpool and just forget about darwin Nunez completely and just do gordon straight to diaz right that would give me double city double liverpool and just leave it at that when i go into game week 26 again i bench poro richarlison and palmer but i've only got trent and diaz to deal with and if i roll in 25 I can sell both of them in 26 for free. So without any hits, I can have four doubles for 25 and a full 11 if Charlie Taylor is fit for 26. The problem is, I just it's just not how I play. Again, like I said earlier, I know I'm seen as this safe and boring manager, a manager but when it comes to double gamings, I want to be all in. So if I had to make my moves right now because the deadline was in two minutes, I think I'm selling Ollie Watkins. I don't want to do that, but I think that might be. I think that might be the simplest route for me. I mean, to be fair, by selling Solanke and doing the Poro move, I am getting an extra fixture from Man City in 25. 
So maybe that counteracts the fact that I'm selling Poro. There's just something about it that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, but in general, just coming back to the Liverpool midfielders, if you're in a similar spot, I do think the Jota is the better option out of him and Diaz. But I don't think it's worth so much. I don't think he's so much better that if you have to rip your team apart to get him in, it's worth it. If you can get Diaz and that makes the moves easier and it makes it easier to manage the next few game weeks, that's what I would do instead. I can't really see too many other options. I mean, instead of Vardy or Walker, I could get Doughty. Right, so I could do Doughty from Poro. Sheffield United at home this week. Um, Dublin 25. And that would also just fund me Jota this week. And again, I could ignore Darwin Nunez. And then in 20, in 25, I roll. And in 26, again, it's just Trent and Jota to deal with, really. And instead of Poro bench, it would just be Doughty instead. And obviously, he's got that double in 28 as well. So that's another option. And that would still give me five double game week players. It would just be Doughty instead of Darwin Nunez. But when you say it out loud, that doesn't sound great. I mean, in that, in that scenario, like, who would you rather have for 25? Watkins and Doughty or Darwin and Porro, essentially? That is it. Um, neither give... It's all the same amount of fixtures, three fixtures. But you're missing out on Brentford away and Luton at home. And have, like, Porro for Wolves at home is fine for me. So, I don't know. It, let me know in the comments, right? Can anyone else, is anyone else selling Watkins? And how do you feel about that? I think the fact that he's just got an 18-pointer is playing on my mind for sure. I think the fact that I benched Foden last week is playing on my mind as well. I've done so well recently, but those two things are making me overthink this a little bit. The other thing to mention as well, just quickly, is if I do Watkins to Darwin this week and Gordon to Jota, well, if Jota's got Burnley at home, I've got to play him. So then I've got a bench one of Palmer or Solanke, and I don't really like that either. But then another part of, me, a part of me is saying, you've got to go for it. It's Liverpool against Burnley. Salah is not going to be available for that game. The minutes of the likes of Jota and Darwin are going to be great. You're not going to get that very often, especially ahead of a really good double gaming. So I just feel like I've got to do it and just hope I don't get too badly punished. If anyone else can see a better route for my team, let me know in the comments below. If you've enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like and hit that subscribe button. In terms of when I'm going to make those transfers, I'll check price changes later tonight. And if it's starting to get tight, I'll probably just make my moves this evening. If not, I'll wait until the deadline tomorrow. So I'll decide on that later. But yeah, if you've enjoyed the video, give it a like, hit that subscribe button. And I'll catch you for the deadline stream tomorrow, which will start at half nine in the morning UK time. Sports Social Podcast Network.